0: If you haven't yet discovered this in your own life, I have some deep wisdom for you. People do not generally respond well when you tell them what they're doing wrong and how they should fix it. (laughs) Nothing impairs a relationship more than offering unsolicited advice. The truth is we spend a good deal of our lives training other people how to engage us. We punish, if subtly, folks who tell us things that we don't want to hear. We punch back twice as hard when someone points out our foibles and our shortcomings. So others can learn that certain topics and deprecating jokes are out of bounds if they want to maintain relationship with us. In this way, we teach people how to engage us so that we won't have to be confronted with those parts of ourselves that we don't want to face, that need to be healed or to fall away. We are quite accomplished after years of practice at not looking honestly at the truth about ourselves. And so when someone breaks the unspoken boundary that we've established and tells us something that we don't want to hear, we become defensive. Instead of really hearing these hard observations, we move straight to rebuttal. Even as internally, we admit that there's a thread of truth in what we're being told. It's a dance, isn't it? We try and support each other as we are while still finding ways around the edges to poke and prod those elephants in the room. Which is why the biblical tradition of prophecy is so interesting. Someone shows up claiming to speak for God, telling God's people all the things that they are doing wrong and how they should fix it. Given what we know about ourselves and the art of helping people see their blind spots, why did we ever think this model would work? And the truth is, it seldom did. Most of the time prophets warned of impending judgment and defeat if Israel didn't change her ways. Sometimes Israel listened and sometimes she did not, but rarely did she change her ways. So most of the time, These judgments came to pass, just as the prophet foretold. Today, we hear from the prophet Jeremiah. The year is 594 BCE. The Babylonian armies have brutally conquered Jerusalem and taken many of their leaders into exile. King Zedekiah has been installed by Babylon to babysit Jerusalem as a vassal. At this time, Jeremiah is a well-established prophet, having spoken a word for God for 40 years. Jeremiah, at God's instruction, has taken to wearing a yoke around his neck. The yoke is a visual declaration that God is calling Judah and the other countries in that region to submit to Nebuchadnezzar's rule. God is using Nebuchadnezzar and the powerful Babylonian army to change the hearts and wills of God's defeated people. God will eventually make things right for Judah, but it won't be anytime soon. Jeremiah has prophesied that it will take three generations of Babylonian rule before Judah is restored. And God has promised repercussions to any who refused to submit to his servant, Nebuchadnezzar, during this time. On this particular day, everyone, Zedekiah, the leaders, the people, they're all gathered in the temple. And in walks the prophet Hananiah, who loud and proud shares his own contradictory message. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, within two years, I will bring back the temple vessels as well as all of the exiles who were taken to Babylon, for I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. In essence, Hananiah has challenged Jeremiah to a prophetic throwdown. Jeremiah says, man, Hananiah, (laughs) From your lips to God's ears, I'd love for our situation to be put right in two years. But if you look at the tradition of prophecy in Israel, we see that usually God's prophets reference war and famine and pestilence. We'll just have to wait and see if a prophecy of peace actually results in peace. And even though that's where our passage ends, the very next verse, in that verse, Hananiah takes that yoke from Jeremiah's neck and breaks it. And in silence, Jeremiah turns and leaves. How do we discern between false prophets and true prophets? We really don't know which or which until time passes and we see what actually happened. The test of the truth and validity of a prophet's words is whether or not they come to pass. Those whose prophecies came true were remembered and venerated, and those whose didn't were relegated to footnotes or forgotten altogether. There's a reason that we have two books of scripture dedicated to Jeremiah and none to Hananiah. But since we usually don't have the luxury of waiting for the prophecy to reveal itself as true or false, how do we discern in the moment who to listen to? The format that Jeremiah and and Hananiah use is the same. Thus says the Lord, they begin claiming to speak for God. They both use dramatic actions, wearing a yoke, breaking a yoke to undergird their messages. And even the good news, bad news angle isn't a reliable clue. For David, the right answer was to stand up to Goliath and fight. For Nineveh, the right answer was to repent in sackcloth and ashes in hopes of changing God's mind. Just a century earlier, Isaiah had come to this very people, Judah, and told them that God wanted them to hold firm against the Assyrian onslaught because they would prevail. And they did. So do we believe the original message of Jeremiah or the new message of Hananiah? We should begin by acknowledging that we're more inclined to listen to a word that is good news over a word that is bad news. Who wouldn't want to hear that God's punishment was complete and that things would be returning to normal? That's the enticement for false prophets, isn't it? They can tell us what we want to hear instead of what we need to hear. If we can pivot from our current painful reality to a get-out-of-exile-free card, why bother with the hard work of discernment and repentance? If things are about to be set right, we don't have to honestly look at ourselves, acknowledge where we've fallen short, and allow ourselves to be changed. Hananiah's message gives the people a plan inspiring them to resist Babylon, to revolt against foreign rule. His message is energizing and empowering and strong. Jeremiah's message of submission and repentance is emasculating. It sounds weak and passive and resigned. Which message would you want to accept as true? In our own day, we have many a false prophet, any number of influencers or tech gurus or news pundits or politicians or preachers who tell us what we want to hear and what will serve their purposes. It's hard to find anyone in the public square brave enough to say the emperor has no clothes. Sycophants abound. The words of false prophets can be smooth and sweet and comforting. They are words that affirm us in our fallenness and hardness of heart. And these false prophets know how to manipulate us. There's a reason that algorithms work. We are primed to zone in on messages that reinforce our positions and the predictions that we want to believe are true. We are drawn to that which is sensational and confrontational, akin to not being able to turn our gaze away from a train wreck. As followers of Jesus, we must constantly discern between what is true and what is false. And discerning the truth is not an easy matter, especially since we are so prone to being influenced by what we want or what we think will serve our interests. This is why active discernment is so important. It is exhausting to test all of the statements coming at us from all directions, but it is necessary if we are to have faithful lives in accordance with God's will for us. Discernment of the true message of God comes out of prayer. It comes from listening deeply, from having an active, intimate, ongoing relationship with God. It comes out of humility of occupying space where we're willing to concede that our answer might not be the right answer or the only answer, where we don't reject outright the messages that we don't like, acknowledging that within the message may be some uncomfortable truth that we need to hear. And it requires being honest with ourselves about our own motivations and biases and even our level of hurt and exhaustion that makes it difficult to bring our best selves to the work of discernment. Zedekiah chose to listen to the more palatable prophecy of Hananiah. Judah rebelled against Babylon and was destroyed. The temple was demolished. Zedekiah's sons were killed before his eyes and then his eyes were put off and he was taken into exile in Babylon. Pretty serious consequences for following a false prophet. The quick and easy answer, the popular position, the persuasive argument of the charming prophet is not necessarily the true one. May we be willing to look at the scriptural tradition of God's people, listen deeply to the Word of God within and around us, and challenge the voice in our head and in the silos that we have constructed that tell us what we want to hear. May we be willing to undertake the hard, messy, and important work of discerning true prophets from false prophets. Amen.